Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, of course, the reason we're having a podcast is we told you the big news with Blake Snell winning a Cy Young Award that we would have one if he did win and joining us to talk about it. He's a guy who spent a lot of time with him the last several years and really instrumental in his development and his growth, and that's the race pitching coach Kyle Snyder. Kyle, certainly appreciate you coming on. Now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect, um, what does it mean to you? Well, first of all, it means a lot to me that, that, you know, knowing how much I know it means to Blake, you know, and and how far he's come, you know, throughout his entire professional journey, you know, to – you know, he had, he had a ton of promise. You know, I mean, he had a, an incredible 2015 where he won minor league player of the year. Um, learned a lot from the last couple of seasons and really took a lot of that into 2018 and had, you know, an historic season. Um, and I'm just, I'm just proud of him for sure. Have you had any conversations with him since or exchanged texts? And if, if you wouldn't mind, can you share anything that you touched on with him about that? Sure. No, I'm, we him at text him right after the announcement. Uh, we went back and forth. He had a, obviously a lot of family and friends with him there at his house in Shoreline. But you know, he and I, after things settled down a little bit, uh, you know, a couple hours after the announcement, uh, did sit down and, and both talked. We talked over the phone for probably about 20 minutes. Um, you know, just sharing a lot of stuff from the past and you know, you know, things that he had, you know, specifically cited early in his career that he wanted to accomplish. This being one of them. And, you know, it's just a really cool moment. How unusual is it for a guy to do what he did, and that is be willing to say to you, hey, I want to win the Cy Young this year? And it's not like you can say, okay, he's, you know, he's that far along into his major league career, and not only say that, but then go out and achieve it. I, I would say pretty unusual. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of guys that probably make that statement coming into the, you know, <laughs> A season starting pitchers, especially with the number the amount of talent that there is out there. Um, I didn't take the statement that he made lightly. I know Chris didn't either. I know it's something he had shared with Chris Archer as well early on in the season. Um, I was actually out in Seattle and he and I had, had breakfast that morning, and you know, he said that was a goal there. And you know, I, to actually go out and fulfill it, man, it, it, it not only is unusual, but it makes it that much more special. Obviously, you know he's a special kid, but when did you think it was a special season? Uh, it's, probably, it's something he and I touched on last night. Um, I think the Seattle start, you know, he and I both agreed, mm. um, you know, really stood out, you know, just in terms of the stuff and really everything coming together, the swing and miss in the zone. Um, I mean, the stuff was, you know, coming into spring training and what he did physically, you know, it was it was obvious and noticeable just about everybody, you know, the, the physical shape that, you know, he had, he had gotten himself into. And that was something that, you know, just we had touched on at the end of last year, um, right, at, right after I'd gotten the position. And, you know, so he just he applied himself. You know, he prepared himself, you know, in the off season for the season itself. And, and, and it, you know, spring training, the, the stuff was, the ball was coming out of his hand noticeably different. And, you know, but aside from that, I think going back to that Seattle start in Washington really catapulted him to another level. The stuff continued to grow. The confidence continued to grow. Um, but I think just talking with him last night, you know, as we kind of just rehashed the entire year, you know, that was a, that was a start for both of us that stood out. Um, 
and that was, you know, the competition that he faced right after that for the next, I think, five or six turns, you know, really kind of solidified a lot of things for him in terms of where he was, his place, you know, and, and just the belief that, you know, he, he belonged amongst, the, you know, the league's best. You know, he mentioned in the conference call that, you know, there are areas where he wants to get better, that he, I'm sure he wants to prove this isn't just a one-year thing, this is, you know, who he's going to be for the rest of his career. Where do you think he can grow the most in 2019? Uh, I, I, I think that we could still, we could still touch on strike throwing. I mean, I, I think he did a good job. I mean, early, early count control, I think, is going to be something that, that, that we continue to stress probably for the remainder of his career. Um, he has overpowering stuff. There's no question about that. I think that he could take it to another level, you know, by really making sure that he's controlling the count for pitch one, you know, really prioritizing, forcing some type of action in one-one count, you know, giving him a chance to get to those two-strike put-away counts. Um, other than that, you know, it's just, you know, making sure he's taking care of his, himself, making sure he's taking care of his body, Um you know, the breaking balls really came on, specifically the curveball uh, this year. Uh, you know, that, that's another thing that really stands out in terms of just the success that he had. Um, and the belief in that pitch in particular, that, you know, the second half of the season, it was a pitch he relied on a lot more than he did the first half of the season or really at any other point in his career. But I would, touch, I would probably say both of those. Um, you know, he really took it upon himself, you know, from start to start, to, to do what he could to learn from, you know, sequencing how his stuff was best put to work, you know, starting here and then really being able to kind of trust his instincts as it related to how his stuff was best utilized. You know, I would say those three areas, you know, I, I do feel like his command um, early in and at bat is something that, you know, we could, we could continue to stress, you know, the importance of and, and, and really forcing action. Um, a little bit more early in counts, but other than that, realize that there's there isn't anything that really stands out. How about the impact he can now have on others? Um, you know, I think we talked at the end of the year about how he was a quiet leader, um, but with Tyler Glass now and obviously some other young, talented pitchers, whether they're on the men from surgery or going to be healthy to start the season, how can he impact other guys in the system, in the organization, at the big league level? Well, I mean, by certainly by setting an, an example about how he goes about his business, you know, I mean, he, he became far more vocal in the second half of the season, um, talking about team goals, talking about things that, I mean, as a team and as this young sport continues to come together like they have this past year, you know, to really push that going forward. Um, but I think he could be a great influence for, for guys around the staff last year that didn't necessarily perform the way that they would have liked to. Um, and... And to show, as an example, of a guy that wasn't satisfied last year in 2017, um, you know, and even admittedly, he probably wasn't satisfied with what he did in 2016. And just to be able to put things together the way that he did, you know, this past year and have the season that he had, I think it, it, it could carry carry over confidence. I think with some of the you know the, the other staff, you know, members and the other pitchers, you know, that, that are going to come through and that are going to have a big impact on our 2019 year. There's no doubt about that. Hey, Kyle, you also mentioned the breakfast you had with him, and I thought that the one thing that stood out to me 
uh, was that you, you know, from what you did last year is the time that you spend with each of the starting pitchers and went to go out and visit guys during the winter and check on them. Are you going to do that individually this year? And when do you think you would go and visit with Blake and, and kind of prep him for this year? I, I intend on making individual trips uh, for the remainder of my career. Uh, I, it'll be the trip out there will be probably mid June or sorry mid January, third week of January, um, a little closer to where he's off the mound. Um, but it's, the, the goals are different for each guy, and you know I'm putting that list together right now. Um, I might actually see some guys before they're even getting to the mound, you know, to start their mound progression leading up to spring training. Uh, I think that it's, uh, it's important, you know, when it comes down to just building relationships and continuing to build relationships and continuing to, you know, to push one another. You know, uh, these guys push me. I try to figure out ways to, to be creative and, 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 and remain curious about, you know, things that they could do to improve themselves and, 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 and so we can improve ourselves as a club and ourselves as a staff. But, um, I'll probably start making some of those trips shortly before Christmas, uh, but the majority of the trips will be made in January. Well, those trips certainly in many ways I'm sure had a pretty good impact uh, on the way you guys uh, eventually finished in 2018, and I'm sure it will hopefully be a good kickstart for 2019. I know you're very proud of Blake, and we certainly appreciate some time on our podcast to chat a little bit about Blake and his success in the Cy Young Award, the second in franchise history. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool moment, certainly not to be taken lightly. Uh, I, I know Blake uh, You know, Blake is certainly proud of it himself, but he is, he's focused on you know what he's got to do going forward and, and, and what 2019 holds for not just himself but for the Tampa Bay Rays. So I appreciate that, Neil, and I appreciate you having me on. Well, we continue our podcast, and obviously doing this special one on uh, the news that Blake Snell won a Cy Young, just the second in race history, and – a guy who wrote some terrific stuff today in the Tampa Bay Times is Mark Topkin. Topper, obviously, fun story to cover. It's like an annual tradition. Something must happen on your birthday of, of note, and it certainly is pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, we've had a Jeremy Hillickson trade. We've had some other moves. But, you know what, I was uh, happy to give up uh, the birthday dinner, push that back a day or two, because this is a big story. I mean, it was really interesting. I think it came down to the wire. I think a lot of, uh, you know, in the sense of how it was going to play out, I think a lot of the analysts were right in that this could have gone either way. The vote was, the vote was pretty close. close. There was a clear issue whether you thought Blake Snell pitched enough innings or not, and it turned out that my colleagues, the members of the Baseball Writers Association who voted for this, uh, felt that Blake Snell did do enough. And you know, Even though the point total was close, I think it was decisive that Blake got 17 of the 30 first-place votes. And mm-hmm. you know, It was really something to celebrate, and then I thought Blake Snell had some good answers last night in the interviews. And, and, and as you know him as well as I do, typical Blake Snell fashion, he's ready to move on to the next season. He wants to talk about what he can do better in 2019, which, while it didn't make for great sound bites, if you're a race fan, that's a pretty good sign, too, that he's already focused ahead. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that either way. If he won the award, he was going to say, I, I want to show this wasn't a fluke. And if he didn't win the award, it was going to be motivation. I just get the sense, based on the fact that, and I thought maybe the most interesting thing, Mark, is, and I'm kind of curious your take, was that he basically set this as a goal before the season even started to win a Cy Young, which, I mean, it was crazy to occur, but it's maybe even crazier to, to go from where he was to saying, I'm going to win. 
No, great point, and, and that was uh, you know the focus of my story in the Tampa Bay Times, and uh, I knew he had told, I knew Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, had gone out to see him in January. Uh, they went to breakfast. Uh, Blake threw a bullpen, and they went to lunch. And over that lunch, my understanding was Blake had said to him, my goal is to be the best pitcher in baseball. What I didn't know was he meant in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and, and then Blake mentioned last night that he had also talked to Chris Archer about it. So I got Chris on the phone, and he was nice enough to spend a few minutes. And, and he said that that actually even predated the lunch with Kyle that he and Blake had been talking at the end of last season. And that at some point, you know, in the course of the winter when they would occasionally, you know, reach out, text, talk, whatever. He said Blake was on the phone with him and specifically said, I plan to win the Cy Young Award next year. And, look, Chris Archer said, yo, dude, I'm going to win the Cy Young Award next year. What are you talking about? You know, and just joking around like buddies do. And uh, here we are, you know, nine, ten months later, whatever it is, and Blake Snell did win the Cy Young Award, and, and uh, he was right. <laughs> It really was a remarkable story, Neil, and, and you know, you, you and I have the, the incredible privilege of being on the inside and seeing him, you know, between starts and seeing the work he put in, and it was a massive transformation. This was a guy who used to not do the work on days two through five very seriously and didn't put that as a priority, and, and I think just kind of got by on talent, and, and I think he's learned over these last couple of years, and he obviously gives a lot of credit to Archer, to other teammates like Nate Evaldi, and specifically to Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, for getting him to see the light, and mm-hmm. that paid off for him. And I think beyond that, though, I mean, when you look at what he's done, what he's accomplished, I mean, it simply comes down to him. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, if he doesn't put the work in, it doesn't happen. No, and that's true. And, and I think, you know, he did have one of, one of the quotes that I used in the, in the article in the Times where he said, you know, now that I saw that putting the work in pays off, I'm more motivated to do it again and see how much further I can go. And that's also, you know, the kind of answer race fans want to hear because it would have been easy for him to say, now that I put in the work in and saw that it paid off, cool, I'm happy, you know. So I, I think that drive is something that he expects to continue. And uh, certainly, you know, he has a lot more to pitch for, not only the recognition, either the wins. I mean, at some point, you know, contract becomes a question where he gets closer to arbitration mm-hmm. and things like that. So, yeah, there's a lot for Blake Snell to pitch for, but he should be happy. And, and I do hope that at some point, you know, last night, I know he, he had some video game matchup with some superstar video game player that your daughters probably know more about than I do or you do. But um, he did, uh, I hope he did enjoy and relax and take a deep breath and, you know, acknowledge what he did because you're right. Ultimately, this was all on Blake Snell. All those between start runs with Joey. Uh, the assistant physical conditioning guy in the race clubhouse, all that work with Kyle Snyder, with Dan Borowski, all the game planning, going back. I remember a game in New York where Blake Snell didn't pitch well, and he said, you know, what do you, it was a day game, and someone said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going back to my room to watch the game on my iPad and try to figure out what happened. And, you know, those type of sacrifices, those type of commitments are what paid off, and then we saw it right in front of us. And maybe the biggest change that I, I think was apparent, Mark, is how accountable he was before and after starts, just the way he carried himself. I mean, I think you remember what he was like interview-wise a year ago. I mean, it's night and day. Yeah, I mean, we still could use a few more colorful adjectives in there and a couple of active <laughs> verbs, but no, you're right. And he is much more accountable, and I think that comes with the maturity, too, and this commitment and and wanting to be better. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I'll admit, early in the season, I wasn't sure if that was real or that was an act. 
of, you know, kind of going through the game and uh, too many walks and too many 0-2 to 3-2 counts and things like that. But I, I don't think at all it was an act now. I think it was very sincere. And we saw, I'll use Chris Archer's line, which I thought was a great line last night. He said, Blake Snell manifested his destiny. Very well said. Um, you know, the uh, other bit of news that's going on is the fact that the race may be closing in on a coaching staff and filling those uh, voids from Charlie Montoya and Rocco Baldelli moving on to managerial spots. You broke it on, uh, uh, on Wednesday, so tell us what you know now, and, and maybe by the end of this podcast, by the time it gets released, we might even have more news. Either that or the Rays will have another coach hired to manage another team somewhere. Um, no, I think uh, the Rays are moving uh, toward hiring Rodney Lanaris. I think there's still some you know, final things that have to be done, but... Rodney Lallera is a guy who's a longtime coach and manager in the Astros minor league system. Who spent uh, managing, I think, at four different levels. He was most recently at AAA this past year. The Astros made a change. They let go of a, a group of their minor league staffers. No one's quite sure why. It obviously, wasn't anything personal when they made a bulk change like that. And Rodney Lallera is a guy that you hear good things about from all facets of the organizations around Major League Baseball. So I think the Rays are happy to have him. He'll be the third base coach if this goes through. He'll be the infield instructor. He fills the need that most teams have for a Spanish-speaking coach on the staff, which will be important, you know, especially for some of the young Latin players the Rays have coming up. So I think that's all good, uh, and I think that you know, I think that hire is going to happen. The other side of that is there's another opening. At this point, they're still looking at it being a field coordinator, similar to the role Rocco Baldelli had. It was crafted for him, so it might be a little different. And I did talk to Jared Sandberg uh, yesterday. He's the AAA manager, done a really good job down at Durham. But he has interviewed for that job. And then the interesting twist is he's also interviewed for a job with the Mariners. And and Jared Sandberg is from the Seattle area. So I would think that there's going to be a certain pull on him to to look at that Mariners Uh job very seriously if it's offered and the chance to go home. And he didn't get specific, Neil, but he alluded to that there's another opportunity or two out there as well. So, I don't think I, I really think Jared Sandberg, when I talked to him on Wednesday afternoon, was sincere in saying he didn't know where he was going to end up at this point. If if it's not him, Mark, do you have any sense of what what Plan B is? You know, Neil, I'm not sure. I think that you know the Rays have interviewed at least a half dozen guys. I haven't been able to get too many other names out. You know, outside of Linares and Sandberg. At this point, I think one scenario would be to keep looking to find someone. I don't know if that person is internal in the organization or not. If they have someone for that field coordinator position, certainly there's other minor league coaches and coordinators they could look to. Or another option would be to hire a first base coach and move Ozzie Timmons back into the dugout where you typically your hitting coaches are in the dugout or, or even you know in the cages and not in the dugout, but while uh-huh. the team is batting, they are available to talk to the hitters. The Rays have, as typical for the Rays, an unusual, unorthodox situation where their assistant hitting coach is also their first base coach. So he's not in the dugout. He's not working with the hitters while they're batting. It's a little different. It obviously worked. They had a good year offensively, but this would allow them, if they go that direction, to switch back to more of a traditional uh, arrangement or setup. Mark, as usual, great stuff. Uh, a lot is going to happen, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be talking to you for sure. And uh, don't forget, November 20th, Neil, I know you've got that date marked on your calendar as well. The Rays mm-hmm. have to cut their roster down because that's when they have to submit for protection, and they're going to want to add some prospects to the 40-man. Mark knew what I was going to say next. That is Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. This is a special podcast dealing with Blake Snell. 
in him winning the Cy Young. We appreciate all the guests on this podcast. We will have another one on the 21st, the day after the Rays have to set their rosters. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you soon.